Good afternoon and welcome everybody. This would be the Jeff Cameron Show right here on 93.3 Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. Great to be with you on a Monday. Hope this finds you doing well. Let's get to it. I'm Jeff, that's Tom. Director Matthew in the house as well on Twitter. It is uh, at Jay Cameron Show. Exhale. Because we got to dive in uh, where we're at, where we're going, and uh, what to think of it all. I, I guess it's a good sign. I'll just start with this. I think it's probably a good sign that, um, frankly, there aren't too many games these days. There aren't. I mean, I, I've been doing this a long time. And so it stands to reason that the ups and the downs, you know, I try to find some middle ground. Now, in the moment during games, I'm just like anybody else that's a fan of a team. I'm cheering and all that. And unless I have to do work in game, uh, it's, it's you know, I, I'm subject to the whims of emotion like every fan in any game watching their team play. But afterwards, I'm always very measured because I want to go back and see if what I thought I saw is true. Because oftentimes it's not. You know, you, you see something, you get caught up in a series or a play or a moment, and you kind of misremember, as Roger Clemens would say, exactly what the down and distance and clock were at and the score. and all. So you want to go back, like, did I have that right? Was that second and ten or was that first and ten? Eh? Yeah, and, and that kind of stuff. So you go back and you do it. And when you do that, typically what happens is um, you find that some of the things you suspected that led to your anger aren't true. That it either was a play that was made by somebody else just physically whipping another player, or it was, you know, the right call, just not executed, whatever it might be, right? Not this time, man. This time I'm mad. I'm still mad. I'm still uh, frustrated is a better way of saying it. I don't know about mad. I'm still very frustrated because they found a way to lose this football game. And the opportunities were all around them. They should be 5-1 and one right now. We should be talking about game day, having decided to cover Tennessee-Alabama, battle of two top ten teams, great, and how we're kind of angry that they didn't come here. Because, man, what a game this is going to be Saturday night with everything at stake. This could be the end of the Clemson run. We should be talking about it that way, but we can't because we're not. Because Florida State's lost two straight, and this one didn't have to be that way. And there's a lot of blame to go around. A lot of blame to go around. There's plenty of things you could point to that frustrates you about maybe the way Mike handled certain situations. Jordan didn't have a good game again. He was betrayed repeatedly by his receivers. Just a lot of things in this game. Officials pissed you off in this game, too, and that's fair to note. You know, It's not the reason we lost, but it certainly didn't help. A lot of things that add up to immense frustration having lost this game. Now, obviously, if you just want to be, you know, you, you want to simplify things, if you don't score a point in the second half and you amass 93 yards, it's a bad day at the office. That's a horrible half. In that same half, if you turn it over twice and you only possess the ball for nine minutes and you're one of five on third down and you drop more passes and you commit seven penalties for 75 yards in the half, yes, it's going to add up to uh, – a loss like this one did, but there are there are other things beyond just the numbers that frustrate me here. 
I thought they lost composure. Uh, Jordan's body language was bad. Um, that's not the first time this year. I need him to get that under control. I wasn't surprised that Mike was asked about it today, and he did answer it. Um, yeah, man, that can't happen. It, it's true that the quarterback position is separate from everybody else, and all of the leadership qualities that are necessary of that position fall on you, and that's why you get all the praise when things go well, and it's why you get too much blame when things go poorly. But you got to check that with your body language and your emotions uh, after frustration sets in. It's it's easier said than done, I'm sure, but I didn't like that. Um, I thought I wanted to go back and look, Tom, yesterday to see. So there's some things here. I think that they, because they got the looks that they wanted in the first half, and there are so many plays that could have gone for big numbers here. You've got guys falling down, getting foot tackled on the one with Benson. I mean, that play is, you said it in real time. I went back and looked at it again. I'm like, mm, that is there. He's still running right now if uh, if he stays on his feet. Uh, you got everything you wanted out of the counter. You got outside zone that worked. Really, all of the runs that you dialed up in the first half are there for you. There's a couple plays where guys just make plays. I mean, 32 is a stud linebacker, and he's the best player on the field the whole game. But other than that, the looks, Robert Scott was really good in, in his return. He had a great game, by the way. He was very, very good. Um, so it's all there, and you should have a bigger lead than 17-3 to at half. You should be up significantly more if you catch the ball, you have a touchdown drop by Malik McClain, you have some things that happen where you could have had a bigger lead. But regardless, you got what you wanted from your game plan, and you executed it fairly well. You left some points out there, but you you know, in terms of the run game, we were worried they wouldn't be able to run against this 3-3-5 look because very few teams have had a lot of success running against NC State. Their defensive line's physical. Those are tough guys to block. We're banged up on the offensive line. We're not great on the offensive line. I thought, well, that, that could be a long day trying to run the ball. But they got what they wanted with it, and they should have had a little bit more. And I think that's why in the second half, they thought, okay, well, not a lot to change here. We're successful. Make NC State make adjustments, and then we'll adjust and see what happens. People will talk about, well, how come you didn't adjust at halftime? Well, because everything was working. They, they had to do the adjusting. NC State was having a problem stopping FSU, not the other way around. Florida State was stopping NC State. So they're going to make adjustments. You're going to see what some of those subtle shifts are, what they do, their run stacks, those kinds of things. What are they going to do, right? So NC State rightfully said, well, this can't work. We, we can't have them still being able to just run the ball. We're going to have to dare them to throw it. We're going to have to make them beat us throwing the football. And I don't know that we were so quick to adjust to that. I think because we had success running, they wanted to continue to run. And so we talk a lot, you and I do, about giving your quarterback a chance to succeed and having him throw the ball when a defense has no leverage. So throwing on first down is a big deal. Throwing on first down a lot of times is the answer to the question of having the numbers and having the opportunity to win matchups. Um, you're not behind the chains in that situation. Any Defenses have to be honest. And, um, you know, nearly 70% of the choices on first down in the second half were runs. Uh, and then what you end up having is uh, second and long. Now, not all of them were that way, and there were times that we did throw and guys dropped the ball or we didn't execute. 
But, buddy, I just thought we were slow to react to what NC State decided to do, which was to, I think, from when you go back and watch, their, their whole goal was we can't get beat letting Florida State run the ball. They're just gashing us. Yeah, they had. A, there were some instances pre-snap where there's six men in the box, but there's a lingering seventh yes. who's just waiting, mm -hmm. and they're teeing off at the snap and getting downhill. Yes. So, you know, there's a difference between playing passive post-snap with a six-man front, you know, or 3-3, three, three, whatever, yeah. however you want to word it, and then selling out against it, and they were selling out and assuming that this is exactly what was going to happen. They, they did a good job of covering the Jordan option mm -hmm. on a zone read look. There were some times I think there was a pass that we had as an option off of the play, and didn't make the throw. Yeah, but that's also because the drops at that point. You say, "I'd rather, I'd rather go with this." So I, I think it was feeding into each other. And when you go three and out a bunch of times, then you're going to hyper focus on one play a lot because you only had three of them before you punt. And in truth, man, it was three turnovers that half yeah. because the Mastromano play essentially is a turnover because it's spotted where he crosses the line of scrimmage. And your defense minus does five. And your defense does such a good job there and yeah. continue to do such a good job despite being put in a terrible position repeatedly by this offense. They I, they are not the reason, you know, I get that we're all frustrated by two first drives in the second half that looked way too easy. But I mean if you're going to list who is to blame. Oh, defense is way down the list. 10th, 12th. Yeah, no, they're, they're way they're way the down the list. They were outstanding and they were banged up in the game and still fought through it. And if you think about it with turnovers and short fields, they gave up 13 legitimate points no, in the game. They they were fine. The defense is not the problem. It's not even a subject. It's not even worth talking Agreed. about. The defense yeah. is fine. They played very well. Florida State in the first half averaged over eight yards per play. They were doing whatever they wanted to do. The Knowles could do pretty much what they wanted. Now, that's aided with a long run. I got you. Yeah. But that's part of your arsenal. We wanted them to incorporate, so that's fine. That counts. You set it up. He, he waited. Wait, okay, you're going you're gonna to bite on this every time? Peace. That's part of what you should be doing. That's proper offensive play calling. That's scheme. That's setting it up. So it's not a fluke. It does count. It is a big play. Your quarterback is that guy. He can do that. Very few others can, so that's why it should be. We were four of eight on third down in the first half. We were fine with drops. With drops, right? Right. With drops, we had almost three hundred yards in the first half. There's that everything about the game plan, their mindset, everything was right going up there. They had total control of this game. NC State wanted to quit. They wanted to go home. This game was over. Yeah, one little thing I'd say about that is in the beginning. They Jordan didn't know what he was looking at for the first couple of drives. And we talked about that during the live we did. watch along. Yeah, Just prior to hitting Malik in the corner of the end zone on that drop, he had figured it out, and then it was, you know, set it and forget it. Oh, yeah. From that golden. point forward until the pressure was starting to ratchet up in the second but half. But that's so normal when you're on the road in that environment. It gets a weird look. You don't see a lot of this. And so right, I, right. I wasn't surprised. We talked to going into the game, the adjustment period in the first quarter of a game like this, can your defense keep you in it until you figure it out we knew that was going to happen because of this you know one nc state's good on defense two it's a big game for them they needed to be locked in and they were going to play hard and play physical that's what they so i figured we'd see a little adjustment period but they adjusted pretty quickly and really dominated the half yeah the frustrating thing is if before the game kicked off you were promised that you would have the ball down two with four minutes to go i think a lot of people most people would sign up for that situation saying really so the ball's in jordan travis hands yeah we're down two with a chance to win the football game yeah. walk it off yeah you take that before the game but then you well, watch it and you say this is nonsense wins and losses happen for a reason right. and those reasons elicit emotion and this is true of a four and two start it's true of the bigger picture well and it's not just the emotions it's the facts 
I mean, you yes. you are Harry Houdiniing your way into a loss on Saturday, and you succeeded amazingly. If you think about 294 yards in the first half, NC State's defense holds the Knolls to 93 yards and five first downs over the final 30 minutes of the game. Four of the five first downs and 65 of the 93 yards that Florida State amasses in the second half come on the final drive. Outside of the final drive, 65 of the 93 yards for that entire 30 minutes of a half happened on that drive. That, obviously... Right, and the, uh, we're, we're talking about twenty-eight yards, and you would re- twenty-eight yards for a half. Yeah, you would return to the uh, broadcast when they had put that the live watch along when they put that up on the screen at twenty-eight. But you factor in the penalty yardage, and it's basically three. You know, because you got the post whistle on sportsmanlike conduct, you got the Mastromano penalty, and you got a hold. So you know that's actually about three yards that you're racking up over the course of four drives. Yeah, I'm not mad about. Uh, to address everything here in the opening segment's kind of hard, but when you lose a game where guys are dropping like flies and they're playing with a lot of heart and you've built a big lead and you've kind of figured out some things, you've injured the other team's quarterback on a completely legit hit, by the way, and screw them for throwing that flag. But anyhow, um, bottom line is you knocked the quarterback out of the game, and I hope he's okay. But this kid that they brought in, clearly they didn't trust – uh, for as far as they could throw him. They wouldn't let him attempt to pass. They were like, well, well, we're screwed here, and you still lose the game. That adds to your frustration. You figure, too, that you know, down the stretch there, you are doing kind of what you want in that situation. You probably could have used one of your three timeouts there to make sure everybody's on the same page before we conduct the plays down inside the 30 here. You've got the time to do that. Yeah, yeah, that's true. The I don't inter- care. The interception about- comes off of a timeout, just an NC State one. It's an NC State timeout. Yeah. I, I want to be sure that we're everybody's on the same page. Of course. Yeah. Also, by the way, you can in that situation you can attack the middle of the field. You can really do, you can run. You can do anything you want to do. Well, I'm okay. You got to play for the touchdown. You're not playing for a last second field goal. And I know that we play the results game because he throws an interception. Why didn't we kick a field goal? Because look, man, that kid's been awful. He's been awful all year. I good for him. He made a field goal. I mean, it says something about the fact that we were all shocked that he made it and we're celebrating at that fact. That's how bad he's been. I'm not playing for a field goal. I'm playing to win the game and playing for a touchdown. I agree, but the other thing that's important to point out is just because Jordan threw it to Micah on that play doesn't mean he's the only read. And in fact, when you hear Coach Norvell in the press conference yeah, say not- there are five options on that play, I, I'm taking that as I don't know why he needed to go for the end zone shot there. Yeah, The leverage at the time he makes a decision does suggest that that cover defensive back, I don't know if he's a safety or corner, is inside Pittman, and then he does some sort of moonwalking steps that's just crazy. They engage. Mike is not thrilled about that. He wants pass interference on that play. Clearly in the press conference after the game, too, he was fired up thinking that he's impeding the receiver, but that doesn't mean that you have to take the end zone shot there given score and situation. The amount of time on the clock, it's second and nine. You have underneath routes on that play. We're in a three-by-one, aren't we, in that situation? I think they're empty, but... Are no, they, no, you're right. No. I think they're in a three by one. Three, one, and one to his right. Yeah. 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 And so a lot got, of things are covered, but you got Johnny on a slant over the middle. Yeah. But he never looks there. It is it has been determined before the snap that we're going to take a shot there well, in the end zone. And but, that's the problem. By him. 
That's what I'm saying. That's Mike, what I'm saying, too. Mike Norvell isn't dialing up a play on second and nine saying, no. we must throw that, to the end zone That's there. the point there. Jordan didn't have a great game in yeah. the second half. I think he rat-trapped a little and grew frustrated, hence the body language. Yes, I'd it be was, mad, too, if every time I throw a, a crucial pass, somebody drops it. I mean, that 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 does suck. And that we picked the wrong time to have everybody dropping passes. Johnny dropped two. Uh, you had the one pokey, which is, I mean, Jesus, you can't drop that ball on third down. Obviously, the McLean touchdown that he drops. You have a lot. Lot of drop passes, tied in drop two. You had any number of plays that you've got to make and you win this game. And this is, again, putting it all on the table why today I'm still frustrated because this was there for the taking. Florida State, that NC State team has got real problems, and now they really have problems with Leary out, but they, they've got problems. Now, I like some of that defensive personnel. They're tough and they're physical, and that's why they've played good defense for the most part this year. They got real problems on offense, and their offensive line's got some issues. All of that's true. We'll see what they become. I don't really care. We had this game. Had this game. And you lose this game, and I really hope like hell you can put it behind you, you can put it in the rear view and get up for a game on Saturday night that you have a chance to be in in the second half and make interesting. We'll see if you can win it. It's a tough one. You could see it on Mike's face in the post game. He knows they let one get away. He knows that he could have done things better. Jordan could have done things better. Clearly the receivers could have caught the damn ball. You have so much that you got to be mad about, and it's tough to flush it. Yeah, it is. It's different than the Wake Forest game. You know, much different. You can argue about the Wake Forest game that if you execute in this situation or that situation, you talked about five straight empty possessions and six out of seven. They did whatever it again, it is. by the way, in the second half with those empty possessions. We, we, we're going on some stretches here. That's correct. And and you look at all those things and say, man, if you just make a couple more of these plays, you're in it. But also independent of what we're talking about from a Florida State perspective, Wake made plays. Yeah, Wake Force made plays. Oh, I think in that Wake's game. a better team across Correct. the board. Wake's better than Florida State. Wake is better than NC State. I agree. I agree. Period. In this game, it's much much different. You're playing from in front for a reason. You're not fluky ahead seventeen to three. Could have been it's fluky that it's only three. seventeen yeah, it to should three. Should have been a lot worse. And and again, this is a lesson in learning how to win and executing when you've got a team down, putting a game away, stepping on the neck of an opponent. They're wounded. They're hurting. You're doing what you want to do. They're frustrated, and you let them hang around. And we know what happens. It's weird. All of a sudden, that opening drive of the second half wakes everybody up. It wakes NC State's players up. The fans get into it. Now you've got to answer. And when you are impotent in the entirety of the second half, you're asking to get beat. Now, I know nobody goes out there with the intent to be awful after having been great for a half, but this is... Why you're paid handsomely, this is also on the players. I mean, there were plenty of plays to be made there. Doesn't happen. Listen, is it Norvell's fault that Dylan Gibbons takes us from third and one to third and 16 because he can't control his emotions and he's played football for 50 years at this point? I mean, that's ridiculous, right? That's not his fault. But collectively, when you see these things begin to happen, you do wonder if the descriptors I hear frequently over the last two weeks by many is that they're pressing, that they're pressing. I don't know why. You're not a national championship contender. You're not a playoff contender. What are you pressing for? You're just trying to be better this year than you were last. You already are better this year than you were last. Go take what's yours. All that hard work, go get it, man. What are you pressing for? Nobody around here expects you to win 10 games. This isn't a season where you have national championship aspirations and that you're stepping onto the field with the weight of expectations of 80,000 every Saturday thinking you're going to win the whole thing. No, man. Most of us want to see seven, eight wins. Go reward yourself for all that hard work and dedication and buy-in. 
if they're pressing, that that's something wrong there. I, Mike needs to figure that out. I don't know if that comes from the top down or what that is. That's a, I, I don't like that description because I don't know if it's true, first of all, but there seem to be indicators that perhaps it is. Well, yeah, when you're the attacker, think about it. And the Wake Forest game, there is more pressure on you because you're ranked and it's happening fast. A lot of good things are happening to you fast, things you've never experienced before, <laughs> certainly if you've been a part of this program yeah. for a few years. You're down 28-7 to after the first drive in the third quarter and you play loose. In this game against NC State, a little confused to start, but you're playing well and you play loose. Then you're up, inverted. It's inverted for well, the Wake Forest game, and now there's pressure on you. You've got to be able to handle that. Good things happen because of your hard work. They're not a burden. No, you're not burdened They're by luxury. your own success. That's right. You're not a victim of your own success. I, I, I don't think they lost because they pressed. They lost because they didn't execute. I mean, I coaches say that all the time, and it's cliche, but it's true. I mean, if I throw you a ball on fourth and three and hit you in the chest to convert and get a first down and continue to move the ball, then yeah, I need you to catch the ball. Yeah. On, on third and seven, if I hit you in the chest in the middle of the field on a dart, I'm going to need you to catch the ball. That's execution. We had a caller in the postgame show, and I said, how would you assign your blame? And he said 70% of the players, 30 on the coaches. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think that's about fair. Yeah, I'm mad at the players today more because than I am the coaches, sure. You said something for a long time in this transition with, with Willie first and then with Mike. You can do all of these things and put yourself in a position, but then sometimes you need something good to happen for you yeah. in order for you to believe and then grow in confidence in a way that's more than just a practice. Well, that was the extra point for LSU. Yes. That's the good thing to happen to you. From that point on, it's not we have to wait around for something good to happen, somebody else no, to make a mistake. Happen. It did happen. Right, you're in the position. The ball is coming to you. You catch the football. Those types of things. We've graduated from what you're talking about before to now – Go make the damn play. You've had the good thing happen to you. It's been proven. Now go do it. It's on you. And they, so many guys didn't do it at different situations on Saturday. You're losing close, and when there are expectations, the losses hurt more. And so collectively, you'll get the vitriol from a fan base that's stung by the agony of defeat, as they say. And, and, and I get that. It doesn't derail the obvious signs of progress. It is also fair to criticize. All these things can be true simultaneously. It'll be interesting to see how they handle this week. A, it's really, at least from our standpoint of reporting and trying to provide context on the show for what we're seeing as best we can, this is a race to find out who's healthy and who's not. How healthy is Florida State going into this game against Clemson? Because it means everything. If you don't have your – look how exhausted they were late in this game when NC State decides to run the ball because all our guys are dropping like flies and your, your rotation of defensive linemen are nil at they're the end the of the game. They're on the field for 20 minutes yes, and a half. It's right. ridiculous. So they're tired, right? And you're losing guys. So now guys are playing extended snaps that aren't, asked, aren't typically asked to do that. And this is important. That's, what, that's where I'm mad today. We should be bragging about Patrick Payton. We should be bragging about Josh Farmer making a play that's clean and it's a great hit on the quarterback in a situation where, you know, they've got some momentum now. Mm-hmm. Let's let's quell the momentum. We yeah. should be talking about those guys making big-time plays, and we can't. We can't because we can't get a first down before our final drive of the first of the second half. Jeff Cameron, show 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every 
time or your money back guaranteed. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. You know, um, bravo to Adam Fuller in this defense. Again, I want to – we can easily get uh, mired in the in the problems of the offense, which I think has cost the team the game two weeks in a row is, is the offense. Uh, but this is a defense that's playing better, that is giving themselves a chance um, – they played well in this game. Now, this has not been a good NC State offense. It has not been the year uh, that they thought they were going to have. But good, you didn't you didn't aid their endeavor. You did a good job of shutting it down the way a lot of teams have. And uh, Florida State was in position. I thought they were. Mike brought it up today. He was right. They were very physical in this game. Florida State was. I, I thought they met the challenge there. It's just your offense let you down. Yeah, the look in Devin Leary's eyes well before he got hurt was somebody who didn't want to be there or wasn't comfortable with what he was seeing. And it's nice also to see that in some moments when he had plenty of time, the coverage held up well enough on the yeah, back end. Yeah. I get that they don't have the weapons of an LSU or a Wake Forest in terms of skill at the receiver position, but we weren't sure who we could cover. I mean, the pregame show, we were talking about how Omarion was sitting and Jarion Jones appeared to start. Omarion got some run in this game, obviously. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But whatever the combination was, did well enough that you had three or four coverage plays at minimum in the first half where you say, that must be really good by the back seven. So that's noteworthy. It's exciting because if that gets better, then obviously you can get to where you're trying to go this year. Um, that was something we worried about as the year progressed. We wondered, could you could you get to a point where you trusted the defense? And I'm not saying that this is an elite defense. I don't want anybody to get the wrong idea. I don't think it is. Um, but it can be good. It can be pretty good. You know, it's not dominant yet. They don't have the requisite depth to be a dominant defense. Your dominant defense is give guys proper amounts of rest, and the replacement level player is also a good player. That's how you end up with a dominant defense. We don't have that because we don't have the buildup and recruiting to the point now where you can just bring a guy out and this other guy's far enough along or he's of an elite talent that he can step in and play. But we're getting there. We're getting there. You're seeing it in certain positions. You're starting to see it. Let's hope that continues. One of the ways that you aid that endeavor is to have a good season and do well in recruiting. And this is why, you know, obviously you gotta you got to find a way to buckle up now. We said going into this stretch, you weren't destined to lose three games in a row, but it was a distinct possibility. And you're staring it in the face now. And even if it happens, you still have an opportunity to go out and win four more games. So, uh, you know, you can get to where you want to go, which most of us agreed would be some sort of combination of wins that got you to eight. (laughs) And if that happens, it's not a bad year. It's just that when you are in the midst of a losing streak, again, I say it all the time, but it's just another reminder that those emotions that are elicited from watching a game and seeing how a game is won and lost are very real. Because things change as games are played. And when you're out to a 17-3 to lead and you are obliterating NC State across the board, you're winning the line of scrimmage on defense, you're winning the line of scrimmage on offense. That's what it takes to win football games. You're doing both in the first half to the tune of 
you're lamenting a 14-point lead on the road against a top-15 team that's favored over you. That's how good we were playing, that you're on the road up 14 against a team ranked, favored, at home, at night. And you're lamenting that you're only up 14. But what does that do? When you blow it, it leads to that much more in the way of devastation. And I think our fans today are livid, and i got to imagine – Mike said as much in the post game. He did look absolutely like he'd seen a ghost afterwards when he walked out there. I think he thought they were going to win the game. I think he thought that at halftime they were going to win the game. I think he thought in the fourth quarter with that last opportunity he thought they were going to win the game. There's a question you asked uh, Jimbo Fisher 11 years ago now. It was the Wake Forest loss off a of bye, mm. and that was Trickett starting. They tried to get cute, yep. and, and, and then, then they brought EJ, EJ in. EJ yeah. saved the day, and it was too late. And your question to him was, Coach, I thought we were past this. And his answer was interesting. He said, I thought we were too. Yeah. That's the look I saw from Mike uh, in the postgame on, on Saturday was, I thought we were past this. I wouldn't expect if we're putting this, if we're putting 10 to 12 different positions to go make plays and we don't make any of them, I didn't expect that out of this group. That's not how they practice. No. And I also thought they had had enough moments to build to that point. Um. To, to to have confidence to execute. So when I said last segment that, hey, look, what are you afraid of? There are no championship aspirations here. Just go out and take what you've earned, which through hard work and discipline and buy-in, right? I was talking about you've earned the right to think you can go win a game like that, and you're in the position to do so. It's not unlike a DB who's got great coverage. Make a play on the ball. That's your great reward, right? You've put in the hard work. Is staying with the guy. I thought by surviving the the LSU game and winning on the road while trailing at halftime with your second string quarterback against Louisville, that these were moments where your mettle was tested, that your mental fortitude and your physical toughness were tested in these moments where you've got to find a way, and they did. And they did. They found ways to win games. They made a play. They made two plays, three plays, whatever it might be, to get them over the hump. Louisville wasn't gifting that game. You had to make the throw, the catch, the run, everything, right? When you block an extra point, you block an extra point. That is a player making a play. So they had achieved these moments where success happened because of something you did, something you were capable of mentally and physically. I, I I would have thought in this situation you were mature enough and had had those tests prior to be able to finish it off. Thank you, Bill. Uh, appreciate the, 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 the kindness there and, and the contribution. I, I just want to say, again, I think this this is a hodgepodge of a lot of things. It's not a singular thing. I think fans, whatever strikes your ire in the moment is what you then hyper-focus on for the next 24 to 48 hours. So if you're mad at Mike for whatever, then you're going to be mad at Mike today and it's going to be amplified because you've had some time to think about it and stew on it. If you're mad at Jordan, you're going to be even angrier at Jordan than you were. I'm slightly perturbed at Jordan. If you're mad at our receivers for having stone hands in the biggest moments, well, you're even madder the more you think about it for 48 hours. and That too has me angry. If you're angry with the officials because of some poor calls or missed calls, you're going to be even angrier after 48 hours to think about it because it all added up to a heartbreaking loss. So you stew on it. 
Yeah, the order for that operation for me is receivers, Jordan, Mike, then officials. That's the order of where yeah, I'm I stewing I think I'm today. with you on that. I the think receivers I'm... take Jordan to a place where he shows it a little bit on the sideline, and you say, come on, man. Yeah, no, he, his body language was not good. But it took six, seven drops for it, him to get there. It's tough. And, you just can't do it. Uh, that's learning. That's a part of a process that we don't want to have to go through in a loss. It would be fun to be talking about that today after a win, and you say, hey, you know what, by the way, let's get a little bit better over here. And then, I mean, they're in position to make these plays, so I'm not going to put Mike at the top of the list. And some of the calls by the officials were terrible, but, I mean, in in general, we're in control of that game plenty, even with those bad calls. So I ain't starting with Flanagan. He didn't help matters, but I'm not starting with that crew. So it's receivers, then Jordan, then coach, then the officials. But there is stew for each one of them. Yeah. Yeah, and it's it's. I'm not going to sit here and pretend like there isn't a rank, reason to be angry with any one of those groups. I mean, you can be. Um, I oddly think we'll be in this game against Clemson on Saturday night. I really do. Uh, it does depend. A lot of that belief that I have sitting here today has a lot to do with the resiliency this team has shown before, but it also has a lot to do with uh, the fight that I see them, you know, they they always have. That, that's not something we worry about anymore. So they're going to fight. They're going to show up. And there'll be, uh, obviously, the, the emotions and the energy will be high in that stadium. Could be so much better. It, it, it's Today's a day of a, a lot of lament. You, you could have won a game, should have won a game, didn't win the game, could have had an even greater sense of urgency coming into this Saturday, the stakes being even higher, all of it could have been right there for the taking, but by losing these last two games, in particular the Cincy State game, you've really put yourself in a position now where um, you're just hoping. You're hoping to get a win here, pull an upset, but you you are not in a position, it doesn't look like at this point, to, to really matter in the Atlantic uh, moving forward. If you subscribe to the theory that they are better as the attackers and not the hunted, well, here's your chance on Saturday. You've oh, got yeah. absolutely nothing to lose now. The number was surprising to see so low. Clearly, Vegas thinks that Florida State's going to show up, play hard mm-hmm. at home at night. Crowd will be great. Uh, that 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 is an interesting number. If I were just a cold-hearted cynic, I would have leapt at that number the second it posted and said, "I'll pay four with Clemson." Sure. The hard part is the conversation that you know Coach Norvell had to have with his players, which is on the one hand, you deserved to win that game. On the other, you did so many things that there's no way I can say you deserved to win that game. So let's talk about those things and let's get them cleaned up because next time we're in this position, if that happens again, oh my goodness. I mean, just from the outside now, this is a strike for whoever you want to assign it to. But if this happens again this year where you've got a big lead and you blow it, now now you're having different fundamental conversations. But we didn't expect to be up that big before the game kicked off. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. You you can't all at once, for the people, let's say, have a, a different order than you do. So let's say they, they start with Mike, which is a sensible place to start if you're just trying to look at the big picture because you say, well, the coach is the one paid $5 million, so his team's got to be better in these situations, so it's on him, right? All right, fine. But uh, at some point, players have to make a play, especially what I always talk about with coaching is are you putting your players in a position to succeed? And the ones that are really elite at it, they put their players in the best position to succeed more often than not. Well, guys, if any one of those receivers bother to make a catch, (laughs) 
I mean, you, you probably win the game. I mean, you are in a position to succeed. Your offensive game plan amasses you almost 300 yards of offense in the first half against NC State. You are 50% on third down, and that includes drops in the first half. You have a touchdown pass drop. You have a fourth down pass drop. You, ha- you have all these things that could win you the game. Well, as a coach, if I'm an offensive-minded coach anyhow, and I've put you in a position to win one-on-ones, which is all I can really do. It's tough to scheme up one-on-zeros. So I got you a one-on-one, and you've won. You're open. My quarterback hits you, and you drop it. That ain't on me. You know, for the people that are mad at Mike, that is not on him. Catch the ball. So you can't have it both ways because I think you have to at least acknowledge that in those situations, the team was coached up well enough to be presented with an opportunity that doesn't get any better than that. It's third down. I hit you right here. There's, that's the right call. How do I know it's the right call? You're open. I hit you. That's a first down. But you dropped it. You dropped it. And the pros, you know, because they're paid handsomely, we all yell out things like, you stupid son of a bitch, catch the ball. In college, you don't do it as much, and you shift the blame back over to the coach. But catch the ball. We're playing big boy football out here now. I mean, catch the ball. That is really aggravating. That's all I'm saying is you can't – I see it both ways. People are, well, Mike didn't do this. Mike didn't do They're They're open. Catch the ball. No, his job this week is to be a psychologist. What is at the root cause of us being in a position to succeed and not getting over the top? And is there any way to simulate that or help that during the week? Because if I can find something, I'm going to do it. If there is no way to help with that during the week, then the next time we're in that position on Saturday, I'll be ready to throw up, and this is Mike talking. I'll be ready to throw up, and I'll hope they make the play. Yeah, yeah, I, I I hope so too. I hope they're in a position to get it. It would be a hell of a way to kind of come out of this little stretch here to shock everybody and get a win like this and end a losing streak against Clemson. And all of a sudden you're five and two, and you'd say to yourself, "Well, if you'd told me that that was going to be the scenario that you were going to be in both the games you lost against teams that uh, were better than you and well thought of and have had better more success lately, and then you beat a rival, yeah, yeah I'd be pretty happy with that. I, I'm still." I still have high hopes. I do think that the entirety of this is going to, again, get back to how healthy this team can get because, I mean, I brought it up in the first segment. I know we're going to go to break, but the difference between Robert Scott and then anybody else we start at left tackle is pretty sizable. I mean, this game revealed that most certainly. It's a it's a world of difference there. And we focused on defensive players, but it's not nothing to be missing Treshawn Ward, assuming that he's not available. His arm was in a sling after a great run. That's one of his best runs of his career. Yeah, it stinks. Just the that. variety of things he did well on that particular play. But if he's not available for Saturday, that's not nothing. Oh, he's a yes, he's he's your uh between the tackles, he's got the best vision. He'll make you miss up close and personal. Hurts feelings. And uh, I think he's got a better handle on timing with these runs, setting things up. You're not devoid of talent back there when he's out, but I think he's the most complete back you have um, in this offense. So, yeah, it hurts, man. Jeff Cameron, show 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. I'll go. 
Chef Cameron Show 93.3 Real Talk Radio War Chant TV. Matt Rule got fired today. His kiss my ass on Main Street moment is he had a ton of years left on that contract, and he'll now collect a lot of money if he wants to, or he'll forego some of it, I suppose, by taking in another job, uh, which he now will be a premier candidate for in, uh, in college football where it seems he belongs. Woo! I missed it. Marcus uh, chimes in. Thank you, Marcus. Only fitting that the Knowles lose for lack of confidence in a kicker, and the Eagles win due to the same. <laughs> Go Knowles till the dirt. Uh, thank you, Marcus. Appreciate you. Uh, I had a. I, I said aside. Nobody cares. I had a good week. I uh, I think I went seven and three, eight and three, whatever. I went in uh, Redemption Thursday. Another stellar bounce back for me there. That helped. Uh, and I had a real good week uh, in my real life um, gambling, too. Um, I did, too. The uh, the big losers for me this weekend were Bama, and uh, which I played after the Max Johnson news came out. I thought, well, that, that solidifies. I was a little hesitant. Let's play it. And then uh, Mizzou backdoored, uh, unfortunately, yeah. on the 11. Mm. Mm-hmm. Other than that, though, it was, a, it was a good weekend. A lot of potato chips. Yeah, so it's good to bounce back. Uh, it, it's all sullied, though, when the Knowles lose, and in your case, the Mets last night with an Rocking opportunity. It. Yeah, you are. Uh, that's a bet that you had with Greg Tish, and mm-hmm. uh, you got your Padres gear on, doing what you were supposed to do. That's the right thing. Um, well, I mean, I... <sighs> would you uh, would you call for Bucks firing if you were on New York Sports Radio this morning? Because I would. Well, you would not for the cockamamie nonsense he did last night and trying to, I don't know what he was trying to do. I mean, did he think that Musgrove was cheating? Did he really believe that Well, there's because a, of the, the icy hot on the ears? Uh, yeah, I've never seen somebody sweat like that on their ears. So either you're an alien or there's something up there, and that's fine. Andrew McCutcheon actually tweeted yeah, about it. Yeah, he had the icy hot. He's always yeah. had icy hot on his ears, but that's a known thing. Correct. It is, and you're allowed to do it. It's such small time stuff. It's it's the end. Of, he's made a bunch of decisions in September. That's what that, say. You're been mad at him at the, late in the year. But then you're going to show that you've basically conceded the game in the sixth inning. If you're going to try and pull that stunt, pull it in the second inning, yeah. not after he shoved for five. Yeah, he he, he knew they weren't going to hit him. Right. So you combine that with his resume of failing in October and the next guy winning the big thing, I'm like, oh, that's why. Because of stuff like this. If I'm in that dugout, I go, what is he doing? What a clown move this is. Anyway. I think the postseason, uh, obviously it's harder for you when your team gets there and they fall than it is me, but it's it's been tough. Your best player this entire series was Starling Marte. Their best pitching performance was Joe Musgrove. Who's I, given up one run in his last 29 well, I, innings. I can keep going as I look around baseball and see all these pirates that were just on the team two years ago that we gave away for not much. It's tough. At least it wasn't a blown save by Diaz, you know, who's been perfect all year last night. At least it was pretty well a good two-and-a-half, three-hour funeral that you just knew was happening. Mm. We're all here. We're gathered here tonight. Yeah, to gather, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, a little frustration, I'm sure. Good on you, Phillies, taking down the best fan base in baseball. Who were swept their ass in their own park? It's beautiful. Who were leaving in droves at three to two? Yeah, yeah not yeah. six to two. Oh well, yeah, that ninth inning in that first game was really a joy. I, I got to, uh, I got to watch it on the phone and listen to the Cardinals organization play by play in Ooh. my car because I was driving to the airport to pick up my wife. So I was texting Matthew at the red lights, listening to this go down. I'm watching it on my phone. I'm listening to the Cardinals announcers going, ha, ha, suck it. This is what you guys always do. Find a way to win a game. You have no business winning. Everything falls to pieces. 
Your gold glove third baseman can't pick up a baseball. All oh, this is glorious. <laughs> Unfortunately, all you and I have this weekend are a deeply unsatisfying victory over the Falcons on Sunday. Other than that, it was a pretty rough weekend. I'll take it. It was a make. <laughs> it was a makeup call for the missed pass interference on the play before. Yeah. Now, well, and then there was a three-play sequence. The yeah. defensive hold on third down is absolutely insane. So here's the thing that I'll say though, and and I think this all the time. And yeah, the Falcons got screwed on the call. That's obvious. I mean, clearly that's not roughing the passer. There's nothing about it that's roughing. There's it's a terrible call. It's a I don't know what it's Falcon crazy. It, it is. It, it's a terrible call. And I if I were a Falcons fan, I'd be livid. They're not going anywhere this year anyhow. But they do play hard for that guy. So good for them. And uh, they're pretty resilient. If they had a quarterback, they might be good. But he's kind of a punk, isn't he? Yeah. But what I would tell you is, it's bad for the NFL, and it's not the first time. It's bad for the NFL when that's the look. And I understand that you know the Bucks get the win, and I want to win, and that's good. It benefited Tampa Bay, who was up twenty-one to nothing and decided to throw the ball on first and second down over the next three possessions for no effing reason whatsoever. But okay. That's uh, poor coaching to be discussed at a different time. I, I just, I, for the life of me, how they don't have behind-the-scenes meetings with their officials before the year starts about how far we've gone now to protect not just Brady, which they do a lot, but they protect all quarterbacks to the extent that we all as fans hold our breath if there's a sack. Like I can't watch a game now, and my defense gets a sack. Yeah. I'm like, well. Oh, how many plays in general? He did hit him kind of hard. Right. Think of the FSU game. Yes. I mean, oh, he did hit him hard. I'm sure they're frightened to their core about that hit. A big guy hit a little guy, and he went flying. They're going to throw the flag. I was in a crowd of people for that game, and I saw Boger say to Brady, it's going to be rough in the pass. I go, oh, this is about to get loud in here. Oh, well, it was hideous. It's a terrible call. Terrible. It's a bad look for the NFL. Hour number two, forthcoming. Stay with.